welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the Personal Development Podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday, y'all. All right. It is a happy Monday for sure. Right. It's uh, episode number 112 of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. Wow. We've been doing this thing a long time, Eric. Absolutely. We, yes, we have. It's, it's been a labor of love there, Ted. Let me tell you. We've been doing this thing a long time, Eric. <laughs> it's been a long time. He's like, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Okay, right. it's been a long time. <laughs> okay, don't, 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 get, don't get all weird, weird on me. <laughs> let's, let's just say we've done a lot of episodes and That's leave right. it at that. Right? That's right. That's right. No, it's all been, right. It's been great. Well, as we've been warning uh, our guest of the hour, this is not your everyday podcast. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And she experienced some of that <laughs> as we were talking backstage. But now this truly is not your everyday podcast. You I, obviously you, you can watch us here on uh, Facebook. We're live on uh, Twitch, which is a, a new platform for us. We're also on LinkedIn, but also later we, we record this and then you can check us out on Spotify and uh, iTunes and anywhere you like to get your podcasts. Uh, so don't forget also about the what now movement facebook group today is marketing monday make sure you're going in there and seeing everything we've got going on and one of, one of our main goals for this show we, we want to help you to laugh we want you to learn and ultimately level up and if you feel like we've accomplished that for you make sure you share this show tell a friend that's right now don't keep a good thing to yourself right tell a friend Right. I mean, it was the Zig Ziglar a quote where he says that, you know, you can get what you want by helping more people to get what they want. That's but it. You got to make sure you share the show. Share the show. All right. Well, Ted. Yes, Eric. I've got something that's on my mind. Please share, Eric. All right. So today I, I want to talk to you and help you to discover how to get the result you want. Mm. That's right. How to get the result you want. And there's a familiar story. It's told about this farmer who he had done well in life, but he just wasn't satisfied. Mm. One day he heard that there were a number of other farmers who had gone off in search of diamond mines and they went on to become instant millionaires. Mm. So he decided he would sell his farm and go out and find his own treasure. So he searched this African continent for 13 years without success. And then sadly, in a fit of despair, he just gave up and threw himself in the ocean and ultimately drowned. Now, back at his old farm, the new owner took over and he was out feeding the mule one day and he noticed there was a rock beneath the creek. Mm. And it had a strange light to it. He took the rock to an expert and confirmed it to be a priceless diamond. 
And as he continued to walk the property, he saw these rocks everywhere. Mm. So the farm that the old farmer sold in an effort to find a diamond mine was discovered to be the greatest diamond mine on the African continent. Wow. Here's the big takeaway. Now, this is the part of the program where we need your undivided attention. I mean, if you're driving right now, you just got to pull over to the side of the road. We need your undivided attention. Pull over to the side of the road. If you're in the, on the treadmill at the gym, <laughs> you, you got to stop. Hit the pause button if you're on the treadmill. It did anything else that people need to do? Magna knows. Magna, what should you do? Do you, you know what you should do at this point? At this point, if you're on your way back from work or if you're about to cook your dinner, make your husband do it because it's time for you to stop. <laughs> That's good. That's, that sounds good, but no. <laughs> You got to put the ham sandwich down at this point. If you had a ham sandwich in your hand, this was the point that you got to put it down. Oh, I was all about making someone else do the work. You were close, though. You were close. <laughs> That's right. You got to put the ham sandwich down. Yeah. So, so the question on the table is, what's the big takeaway? How can you get the result that you want based off of this story? Here it is. Here's where you got to lean in. Sometimes the result you want is buried in the opportunity that you already have. Whew. Say that one more time, Eric. I don't know if they, if they were taking notes. And I think some people were still on the treadmill. They didn't pull over. They just caught the tail end of it. They were, they were mid bite of the ham sandwich. Mid bite. Mid bite. Yeah, let, let, let me say that again. I'm looking at the Instagram folks here, right here, real quick here. Sometimes. The result that you want is hidden in the opportunity that you already have. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason I bring this up, Ted. Mm -hmm. Our guest today, she launched a business to help these artisans from around the world get the result they want by leveraging the opportunity that they already have. Wow. The opportunity that's been that's in front of them already. Let's, let's go ahead and introduce her. She's the founder of Let's Curate. It's a global uh, curator platform showing independent, uh, showing, showcasing, I'm sorry, independent artisans. Uh, Let's Curate gives voice to those who focus on unique, handmade, high-end designs, curated art, crafts, textiles, and lifestyle products steeped in tradition and contemporary interpretations for audiences around the world. Wow. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-Minute Hour podcast, Meghna Giradar. Thank you so much. Hi, Eric and Ted. So good to see you. I'm so excited. We're even more excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. It's truly an honor to have you on. Um, and this is a this is a unique and interesting topic. We've never talked about this before. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm, I'm really excited to unpack this um, for our audience. 
but before we go there and, and really get to the meat of it, let, let's roll back the clock. Let, let's go back to your childhood. Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you're speaking about my childhood, I think I should just roll back maybe about 10 years. <laughs> but <laughs> No, I'm jo joking. You're so accomplished. So accomplished. I'm a miracle. A I'm just a miracle. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, just jokes jokes apart. Uh, it's actually, I was telling Eric this, that, you know, this question has never been asked. And I was, it really made me pause. And I appreciate this question quite a bit because when I thought about the core of the question and when I try to connect it with what I built, um, you know, my two-year-old love story with Let's Curate, there is actually a very deep connection. So, of course, as I was growing up, there were so many things I wanted to be. And um, like all young people, and it's tough to kind of recall every single ridiculous thing that I wanted to achieve in my life. But the one thing that that immediately popped in my mind was being a writer. I was, um, I'm an avid reader of books. I've always been, uh, I grew up in a household where, you know, my parents were constantly reading. I got an, you know, I was a voracious reader. And the, the, interest built up to such an extent that I wanted to be that. I wanted to be a storyteller. I wanted to explore something that would allow me to speak what someone was thinking. And the best way at that point for me was through stories of becoming an author or a journalist or just kind of communicating with the people or bringing their thoughts to the forefront. Um, and this question is so interesting because when I think back to what Let's Curate stands for, in one word, it's a storytelling platform. It's a story, it's, it, that's what it is. Um, it came about, and as we go along the interview, um, you know, I would love to talk about that more, but the essence of Let's Curate is to show people what lies behind what someone has made. It's not just a creation, it's not just a product. Yes, it's handmade. Yes, it's from the, uh, you know this part of the world. But why did someone make it and uh, what led to the creation? And that just stems from this whole thing from my childhood, which was about how do I tell the story? How do I pass on this message? Hmm. So, so, so it sounds like you're, you're curious about the backstory. Yes. When, when you see something, you're like, okay, well, I wonder what's the origin? How, how did that happen? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, even with that, I think that's one of the reasons that I love this podcasting thing that Ted and I do is that I, I'm genuinely interested in what's the backstory. How did this person right. get to this point? And, and the one thing that interests me, especially that, that question I asked you, like I've yet to have someone say like what they're currently doing now. Right. You're so right. You're so <laughs> right. Always, like you were saying, no one wakes up and says, you know, I want to be, I want to be this, uh, you know, Forbes 50 under 50. I want to be an architect building commercial real estate. No one wakes up or at the age of five is so specific about what they want, but it does, um, you know, the question does take you back and you realize that hopefully people who are doing what they love, they're doing it because they've made that connection with what was the basis of, you know, their passion, which you're right. It comes all the way, you know, it goes all the way back to when you were young. Yes. Excellent. Well, good. So, so if you could go back to that time, and talk to your younger self based mm -hmm. off of what you know now, what advice would you give? I would say patience, patience, patience. You know, um, 
there were so many things I tried and a lot of those things stemmed from what my friends were doing or what was expected of me or you know what the done thing is um, that I was in a hurry to kind of do all of those things I didn't take the time to you know even explore something uh, like writing or uh, which at that point was foremost on my mind or uh, you know doing like a creative writing course because it was just not you know what people typically do you go to school you go to college you get your degree you find a company to work with so I was in a rush to just get through with all of those things. Um, you know, good things take time. Great things take an entire lifetime. Um, so, you know, I would tell my younger self that have the patience. It's okay to be slow. It's okay to take your time finding what you really want to do. Because, you know, right now it's been such a long journey. And I sometimes feel that, oh, my God, I wasted all this time. I could have been doing what I love so much. 10 years ago, but I was just in such a rush to kind of do everything else that was expected. And I thought that was what I wanted to do. Um, I never took the time to stop, give myself a break and just say, what do I really want to do? Mm. Um, the other thing that I feel is, you know, asking the right questions, which I guess also ties in with, you know, this angle of being patient. Um, Communicating clearly, explaining what you want, not being afraid to ask the questions which no one else has asked is something I now remember being very hesitant about. I was quite shy about being the person who raised their hand and said, oh, but I don't agree with you. Can you tell me this part about this? Because I just felt, oh, maybe he's answered all the questions. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I haven't figured out the message. It's, it's me. It's not the other person. But the more you ask, the more you know. So I would tell my younger self, don't be afraid. Less fear, more confidence. It's okay to make a fool of yourself. Uh, you know, I feel like people put a lot of pressure on themselves on being right, on being proper, on being, you know, because this whole image of a successful person, uh, it's a myth where you assume, and especially younger people, I have two kids and I, try to drum this message into them saying, make as many mistakes. It's okay to make a fool of yourselves because you know what? The message that you learn out of that experience will stay in your head for a really long time. Hmm. Versus you keeping mum and assuming a lot of things and then in the long run doing something which actually would be pretty detrimental for your career or for your own personal happiness. Yeah, I mean, you said several tweetable things there. Um, good things take time. Great things take a lifetime. Yeah. Um, th th this is my challenge. That patience is something I'm learning here oh, just over, over the recent time. It, it, what is patience? <laughs> what is that? Let's move this thing along. I know. It's still, it's still, you know, it's still a work in progress. I don't think... I do see people who are incredibly patient, and I admire them so much because... It's just, I think we're just surrounded, um, or also sometimes it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, oh my God, if I'm not running really fast, like a cheetah, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. You know, this thing of it's slow down, slow down, it's okay. It's okay to take six months to read a book when someone else has finished it in a week. It's not a competition. Life is not a competition. You know, life is finding your own, running your own marathon at your own pace and finishing it and being happy with the way you did the whole thing. Because as cliche as it sounds, it is the journey 
and you know the destination will add to the to the to the happiness quotient but you know enjoy the journey too don't don't be in a rush to just finish the race and you know because that's it then what have you done what have you learned in the process mm. yeah i mean it's it's interesting i mean the people that i know of that you look at and you say oh they, they got discovered they got this big break normally they were at this thing like 10 yeah. years absolutely and we forget that because yeah. you know because the 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 way it's also um, i feel like the way media also projects superstars and very successful people um and i think i think about it a lot more because of my kids and i'm always trying to figure out what what should i tell them as they're growing older it's not overnight they they were not discovered on the side of the road you know that person recognized their talent at that moment but they have worked on it since like you said eric for years and the angst and the pain and the frustration that they must have gone through that's never that's never showcased and i think it's important to talk about that it's important to talk about the days when you felt like i'm not going to do this anymore and you know you stuck by it you suffered you didn't have an income your friends are doing amazingly well they bought a house they're going on these amazing holidays and you know you're like this struggling artist and it's not fun to be a struggling artist everyone knows that not, yeah. there's nothing glamorous about it um it takes it takes strength and you know if you really love what you do and have found the thing that you want to do it's hard and you may fail but it's okay it's okay you have to keep going yeah everyone everyone sees that that end result Yes. Right. You know, you see, you know, uh, you know, fitness videos are always mm -hmm. showing the person that's in shape. Yeah. Right. The person that's, you know, just got it all together. You see the, you know, social media, everything is showing, hey, we, you know, I just got the the degree. I just got the right. doctorate and all that. But they're never showing. This is me at home right now, like scratching my head. Like, how am I going to pass this test? Tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. That's not what they show. There they just show. Be, there has to be more of that. I feel like it's so, it's so twisted towards one side that people don't know that it's okay to say that you know you actually took one year to build, you know, to handcraft a jewelry piece. It's fine to say that. There is no shame, and it's mm -hmm. actually a powerful thing that you took the time to do that. Uh, you know, people want to say I woke up and I came up with this fabulous design, and everyone in the world loves it. it's it's not like that it's never like that and i think that comes with time and that's why i you know like i when i was younger i would look at other people who a friend of mine actually became a published author when she was very young she was immensely talented but like eric said she was doing she was writing she was going for these workshops when i was i wasn't even exploring that she stepped out of her comfort zone and did that and so she was a published author at the age of 25 whereas i was sitting at home and i was like oh that could have been me and you know i had not put in any work towards that so why should i get the result now absolutely so, so let's talk about like what did your career look like prior mm -hmm. to you founding let's curate like what were you talking about what were you doing what was your typical day like right it's as cliche as possible to be to be honest there's nothing dramatic there's nothing out of the box that i did uh you know i pursued my bachelor's in arts i completed like two degree i have two mba degrees one in international marketing one in finance you know i worked with venture capital firms non profits you know even when i say that i'm like oh my god how did i do that but anyway <laughs> i did those things um and i was good at them i was trained at 
at, at it. I was comfortable. Um, I would say I enjoyed myself also. Um, but I always had this thought in my mind, and this was even before I came with, you know, I came up with the idea was like, is this it? Like, is this it? Like, do I, do I work hard and I put in my hundred hours a week and get to be partner at this firm? And, you know, at the age of 50, I have five houses and I'm like going all over the place and having these amazing holidays. Um, that somehow didn't sit pretty well with me. It was good. It's good. It was great to have, you know, be independent at a very young age and have a fantastic paycheck. Um, but I also always felt, you know, I'm working, I'm doing this for someone else. Is that something that I really want to do? But I was doing well in my career. Um, I was actually in the process of setting up my own consultancy. I'd already set it up. So I had a few regular clients. So life was good. I need not have shaken up anything. I could have just gone along. Uh, but thank God I didn't. Interesting. Interesting. So so talk about how how did Let's Curate come about? You're, you're doing this thing. You're yeah. on the typical path. You got yeah. consultancy. So how do you go from that to discovering this great concept of let's curate so um travel has always been a big part of my life um you know um i spent most of my life in mumbai india which is where i'm originally from i've been in new york for 14 years um you know my family has always instilled a love of travel and i've always done that for years and years and years um as i you know initially you travel for you know to go eat at the best restaurant at the city or to go and check out the most famous landmark. And then, you know, you're like, okay, this was a great trip. Um, as I traveled more and more, I kind of was like, yes, this is great, but what else can I, what else does the city have to offer? Um, what do the locals, where do the locals go? Where do they go find their stuff? So I would, I kind of got a little cheesed off with, you know, the tourist stores and, you know, those typical sections of the city where, you know, you only see tourists, you actually don't see any locals. So I started exploring other neighborhoods. Um, and every time I came back from a trip, there used to be, it always ended up with me getting something made by someone, whether it was a piece of art or a piece of clothing or, you know, just a book written by someone local. I couldn't even read the language. So I would get the translated version. And I, re I, and I would, I, you know, I kind of kept in touch with a few of them over the years because I was so, I was so impressed by what they were doing. And it made me a bit sad every time I came back because I realized that, you know what, maybe I'm never going to get to see this person again. I'm never going to go to that store again. Um, you know, I, I don't have the opportunity and I've kind of missed my connection with that person. Mm. And, you know, these were people in little stores or even like making these things out of their homes and, you know, on the street corners and things like that. And I thought to myself, you know, there must be, there is no way for these people to know that what they're doing is extremely special. Um, you know, for someone who's traveled the world, um, I have seen a lot, obviously, you know, you see different parts of culture, you know, in this, but it's kind of packaged in a way that appeals to international uh, tourists mm. you know, to, to kind of be, you know, very clear. But these were people who had no idea. So they never packaged their thing. They never like did it in a way which would appeal to someone. They just did it the way they were taught. And because they have no marketing expertise, they've never gone to a business school. Uh, it's fresh. It's organic. It's very true to what they have learned. Um, mm. And I realized that these people have no sense of how amazing their stuff is, how talented they are, 
and because they have no backing or they are so unaware they are not invested at all in making it bigger or showing it to the world because mm. they never felt that they were special uh, but they were incredibly special and you know this was kind of like the starting point so every trip after that i would kind of on purpose go and try to find more people and i did i found a group of 10 people i kind of followed them over the many years and this was the idea was still not in my mind but i did feel that it's going to get lost in some manner if everything is packaged the way you want it to you know it kind of is anonymous you don't know the person um you know a, a scarf in turkey ends up looking like a scarf from china because it's you know, packaged in in a way which appeals to international tourists so to say um so over many years then i said you know what maybe i should try to look for someone who does this is there someone who does this where they connect you to the real artist and talk about art forms which we typically don't see so i looked for a year i looked for a couple of years i'm still doing my corporate job i'm in the you know my consultancy firm is doing well you know the money is steady all of those things and then after two years i said you know what this is so pointless i haven't found anything um that comes close to the vision that i have built up in my mind so what's the point of waiting and i kind of did feel this urgency and i have no idea and i have no way to explain why i felt that but i kind of felt if i don't do this now i'm never going to do it mm. um and there's no you know it's funny because people were like oh why did you feel that is it because you know you were having like a midlife crisis or you know all of those typical things and i said i actually have no idea but i just felt that now or never um and you know i do want to also pass on i kind of maybe also felt that because i had enough money i had my savings so i also want to kind of very uh, strongly emphasize this point where people who want for young people who want to start their businesses you know there is this thing that oh you know what give up everything and do just focus on your art just focus on building this billion dollar company it doesn't it's not so easy it's okay i was doing three jobs at one time um and it's okay and i felt i had the courage to leave all that and start this it's only because i did have a security blanket i did know that at some point if this is a complete failure i can go back i am trained for something else and i am good at that so it's fine um so it was kind of a security blanket i took with myself but i slowly let go of it and you know now after 2 years i just feel like okay but it is it is um the urgency was partly because i was comfortable i had enough money to take the step so i do want to you know not make it sound like i woke up one morning and i said goodbye to all my clients and i said you know what i'm not doing this anymore because i have just found my passion no it wasn't like that i i made sure i had enough money to start this and i slowly eased myself out of the out of that and you know kind of discovering what i truly love now wow yeah that's interesting so you just get but you just had this feeling that it is yes. now or never yes and i don't know why and i just cannot explain that So give us some more details about how, so how did your business work so you, so you found these artisans mm-hmm. so 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 how does it how does it work So when we kick started in June 2019 um you know like I said I kept in touch with a group of 10 artisans from 10 countries so we launched the platform with this group of people um and 
the key thing I wanted to focus on was that they were individual independent artisans. So we do not, I do not work with organizations. There are plenty of amazing organizations that support and empower say village artisans or a certain group of people or a certain group of creators. I only focus on the individual. My job and my um, brand is about bringing the individual to the forefront. So when I kickstarted, it kickstarted as um, a regular store. So none of these 10 people had their own um, online presence as to say. And like I said, when I when I met them, I said, you know, why do you not have a store? And they said, we don't know what that means. We don't you know, we don't have time to think about all of that. So I said, no, you know what? I will do that because that's going to be my business. I will bring you to you know, I will connect you with potential customers. What happened over the course of 2019 was when we launched, we got a great response. We started getting, um, and again, I don't want to glamorize it by saying, uh, oh, you know what, we were flooded by, you know, our network just expanded from 10 to 100. No, I, I wanted to keep it small. I wanted to keep it very selective and handpick people. So we did get a good response. Uh, and then we said, you know what, it's time for me to do my own show and have a pop-up fair for them. Guess what? COVID hit. Mm the pandemic was upon us. I was paralyzed, the artisans were paralyzed. We had just, it had not even been a year. March 2021, we have booked all these exhibitions and I'm gonna represent them at all these fairs across the US. We are booked till December, 2020. Everything gets canceled. Um, and then it took me, it took me a long time. And you know, I wanted to, and I thought to myself, oh my God, I just started this. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm letting these people down. I have all this stuff with me in my house and there's nothing I can do. There's no place I can go. Um, this was a challenge, which now, you know, it's in, it, it, it goes back to the story that you just said. By the way, that was not rehearsed. So I'm so happy that you actually told us the farmer story because there was the opportunity. There was the opportunity for me to pivot and just say, so what if I can't do a physical fair? I will take, the, you know, the world is online. Let me just put it online. So we kickstarted something called a ready to ship collection where we would ship everything within 24 hours. And this was all the stuff that I was gonna show at exhibitions in any case. What I realized was that at the exhibitions, I would have met a very selective group of discerning customers, which would have been amazing. But in the virtual world, I met three times those number of people. So my world just exploded with that one thing that I came up with. Um, it was not overnight. It took me two months. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure artisans were safe. We were also struggling to make sure that personally we were okay, but I didn't want to feel boxed in. And I wanted to just get out of the box and not feel so bad. I, I said to myself, I've not come all this way to now stop within eight months. I mean, it, that's just, for me, that would have been a horrendous failure. Um, so we started ready to ship. And once we did that, we got approached by a lot of people who said, you know what, we are hit by the pandemic. Um, I don't have a full collection to give you, but you know, I make these really cool things and I can just send you two pieces. Can you help me? And I was like, yes, I can absolutely help you. And that kickstarted the limited edition collection. So for mm -hmm. limited edition, you'll get one or two pieces. And those are the only two pieces in the whole world that that artisan would make. So we have paintings, we have hand painted scarves, two or three pieces. And, um, you know, creative people work differently. They don't work by deadlines. They don't. And that was the thing that I had, I knew. So I think I kind of released the pressure by telling them, what do you want to do? This is what I can do for you. 
there is no deadline let's work together we're hit by the pandemic so there's no you know there's no like oh i need it by in a month i need to showcase it in like 6 weeks nothing like that that released the pressure for them they worked with the resources that they had and they started sending us stuff so we have about 10 to 12 limited edition collections now we have people from moldova from iran from the us of course canada um romania um and all of them make, they've made three pieces two pieces one piece jewelry painting scarves but i thought it was such a beautiful thing and you know it was embarrassing because they were like oh you know no one ever said that you could just make a collection with three pieces we always thought you had to make 50 pieces or you know 30 pieces to be a viable business and i said no who said that you know the world didn't know there was going to be a pandemic the rules are all out of the window now now we have to just you know scramble and do something and make it interesting so that's how we started limited edition and you know from then on it's built up to many more things we create a lot of content for emerging artists now uh we do a lot of webcast interviews we do portfolio showcases for them uh, there are a lot of artists who are emerging artists who want to approach art galleries they don't know how to package their um collection or they don't know how to present themselves we help them with that so from i have to say the pandemic was the biggest learning curve for me i think my i just jumped i just jumped from here to there um after being paralyzed for two months <laughs> i have to say i was paralyzed for two months i didn't know what to do uh but i don't think the pandemic was really a blessing i got to meet so many more people online i mean it sucks to not be able to see them but the bulk of the people within my uh, network are people i have only seen through a screen it's mm. sad but it's also exciting because hopefully the world will come back to normal and i will get to travel and i will get to sit with them and have a cup of tea or whatever but um it just you know i i just met the world through a screen because of all these things that uh, you know it just sparked an idea you know it's interesting that you <clears throat> that you say that we've talked about how you know we started the podcast mm-hmm. and initially it was just like eric and i and we you know we just reached out to people that we knew or people that we knew knew mhm had them out to come out to the office and we record the podcast and you know put it out there on on facebook right and then when the the pandemic hit and there was no more coming to the office mhm and so then we just found ways to just kind of uh expand virtually right before you knew it it was just more people like we are always getting people that are sending yeah. us people that would have an interest to be on our show and so you know thinking about the opportunity to meet someone like you and same for me same for me who would have i don't think i would have met you if we had yeah. i probably would have been you know at an at an exhibition or a pop up fair right now instead yeah. of you know this is also people also assume this is forever this is not forever there will be a time when we will go back to you know the way things are supposed to be but until then why not embrace this and you know make the most of it i think i truly think it's going to be a mix of the two good yes very well yeah, it's going to be absolutely. a hybrid of this because yeah we can reach absolutely. so many people through the digital platforms and sure. why, why shut it down yeah absolutely so so it's interesting i was just thinking about this today ted so i remember when we would, we would do this podcast at ted's office and we'd have a guest let's say with somebody that i knew we we'd have the guest and the question would be So Eric, do you think she can meet us at the office, you know, and do it in person? You know, we're, we're now we're talking to people in Australia. Right. And, like we wouldn't even think to ask that question. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. 
The center, the center of the link. The center of the link. But yeah, it's, it's certainly been a game changer. You said something that's interesting. You said the pandemic has been a blessing. It has been. You know, it's all about, and that's the, that's the spirit of the what now movement, really. Right. I mean, you know, how do you pivot? How do you take something that you can look at and face value that's bad, but how can you pivot so that it can really help you to move forward? And, you know, the one thing I would like to add is people also assume that you need to have the whole plan in place. Wrong. You don't need to have the whole plan in place. You need to take the first step and just be confident and just also put it out there. Just like Ted said, just put it out there. Tell people what you're trying to do and they will help you. You will help yourself. But you don't need to know everything from A to Z, because if you did, again, there would be no innovation. Mm. If you don't do step one, you know, take the first step. The second step may be something you never thought of. So if you already have a big plan, it's very difficult to work, you know, kind of go against the plan. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the plan is to just take a step. You know, if you feel strongly about it and if you're okay with making mistakes, if you're okay with taking a first, you know, one step and going five steps back, then it's fine. Then I think you're in the, in the right frame of mind. No, that's a that's a great point. I think uh, so many of us are trained that way. Like you yeah. go to school and you got to have a business plan and everything is so structured and how you right. do it. And I think when Eric and I first uh, started with this podcast, I mean, because we were for years talking about what we could do together and it was always just our thought process was so structured. And then one day we said, you know what, we're just going to do it like, you yeah. know, the millennials do. We're just going to start it. We're just, so we're going to start next Monday. We're going to start recording and we're going to download some software. And, you know, we talked to a millennial and he was like, yeah, yeah, download the software. This is what you do. You can do it on your cell phone. And yeah. next thing you know, we had a podcast. It was nothing planned out, no research, no analytics done around right. it. Now, now right. we just started. And, and now it's, it's so much more fun. Later. It's yeah, so, yeah. so fun to just like, just jump sometimes, you know, not That's to it. have like everything, you know, packaged a certain way, you know, the lighting has to be this way. I mean, no one's trained for that. And I think people also connect with real people yeah. uh, because there's so much of social media messaging where everything is shown a certain way. You know, yeah. you kind of, the, the messaging also kind of gets blurred because everyone looks the same. Everyone's saying, using the same buzzwords. Yeah. Um, your mind just, you know, I, I feel like that when I'm look, when I'm listening to certain people and I'm like, oh, my God, you just literally said what, you know, the previous podcaster was saying and you're using the same words and you, you just, you know, like you've just reframed it. And it's people are not people are not uh, dumb. <laughs> you know? no, yeah. no, they want fresh content. They want people to engage and connect. And with the pandemic, I think that's what people are missing. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for connections and real connections show when it's organic and like just like you started you you were just like let's do it on a monday and look at you like 100 plus shows now that's congratulations by the way that's phenomenal thank you so much thank you so much and i you know i like what you were saying about when you were in these other countries and you were you know you know dealing with these artisans and their their authentic self mm -hmm. yes you know, how they do it right and and, and that's how and, and just as uh it's it's attractive or exciting as it was for you to engage with them you yeah. want to give them an opportunity to be able to do it that way right. to the world without it being you know put in a certain box i think that's right. great 
absolutely. Yeah. So, so talking about these artisans, so you had that initial 10. Yeah. So now, like, how do you decide who you work with now? So, you know, this goes back to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, the lessons for your younger self. Uh-huh. It's clear communication. It's clear, you know, as time has gone by, um, it's a storytelling platform. I've kind of fine-tuned it to almost like an art form in the sense where I'm very clear it has to be independent. The person has to be independent. He has to bring someone, he or she has to bring something special from where they are. So we don't enlist anyone. Now, you know, we're kind of flooded with work and it's it's fantastic from being, you know, sitting around for two months and twiddling my thumbs and just being like frustrated all the time. Now I'm like frustrated because I have no time. <laughs> so, uh, but it's... Um, I all we always begin. We never turn, uh, you know, like me and my team. We never turn anyone away. That is, you know, I feel that people who I needed courage when I wanted to start this, and I had an amazing support system, and you know, everyone around me said, "Of course you should do it." You know, like why not? Just try it. And that coupled with my confidence, I was like, "Okay, let me just do it," because I also have people who won't be like, "Oh my God, how can you? You have no background for this. You have no this thing." I don't like that. You know, people learn, people grow and learn, and it's it's an ongoing process. So I, you know, there is no textbook for this. Um, so when when we have people approach us, we the first thing I do is get on a call with them. I personally connect with everyone. We're now, you know, my group, uh, my network now has thirty eight artisans from twenty six countries. Um, mm-hmm. So I've connected with each one of them personally. I want to understand how they want to present themselves. So some people say, we just want our products. Um, we can just make two things. So can we be part of your limited edition? And then we talk about the process, why that would be a good fit for limited, because limited edition is exclusive for the platform. So you know, we go back and it's a dialogue. It's not, this is what we want and this is what you have to give us. There are people who uh, are struggling with how should I... I'm not great, you know, like I want to talk about my art. I'm not good at, you know, a certain language. Um, I know I'm weak in English. What could I do? Like, how do I do that? So we we found different ways. So we do something called a portfolio showcase where people are not very comfortable with communicating verbally. We kind of find ways to, you know, we do something like an um, meet the artist at the studio where we actually do a video recording. This is also done virtually, which is fantastic. So the, the artist is working in her or his studio and we're just talking to them as they explain the process and then you know they show us the piece so it's something that eases them this is not like you need to be you know like a phd in english to explain your concept uh it's more so it's different ways so with each person it's i make suggestions on what would be the best thing for them and then you know it's kind of like a back and forth and now we have so many avenues to showcase people that we do we can help them in multiple ways which was one of my you know that was one of my things that i realized during the pandemic it doesn't need to just be an online store in fact now i've made myself made my brand a little distinct because it's an online store it's also a resource source it's also a place where you get a lot of showcase videos where you can go and say, oh, let me find this artist and let me see her work. I have two minutes. Let me see what she does. 
So you can see that on, then we do a one-on-one -on -one conversation just like we're doing with you, where we go in depth into their inspiration, what influenced the work, exactly like we're saying, Eric, what is the story behind their creation? So once we establish that, there are some people who say, oh, we are not ready for this. Or I say, you know what, maybe let's, let's continue the conversation and let's make a decision in six months. So there's nothing, you know, we have a lot of content coming in, but I never have a very strict timeline for anything. Um, it's only when uh, he, uh, you know, the, the artisan and me are comfortable with what and how we're going to present them. That's when we, you know, so every time it's like what we're talking about, um, you know, you see these overnight successes. So when we launch someone, it's not that we found that person or that person approached us seven days ago and we, you know, we quickly shot a video and did like this photo shoot. And then seven days later, we're launching them. It's been in the works for six plus months. And mm. today is the day we're ready to showcase. Um, nothing gets showcased unless completely approved by the artisan. Um, so we also show them everything that we're going to, you know, kind of, talk about how they want to be presented and unless they sign off we don't so we are open to making changes things like that we keep it very easy the terms and conditions in that sense and you know i've seen that the more leeway you give people the more creative they get the more at ease they are and you know amazing things come out of that so i'm just interested in and in how any gaps in technology mm -hmm. like if you're in these different countries and you're working with some of these people, I mean, you know, how, you know, how would you, you know, establish that, that communication to be able to, you know, utilize the technology? Is it technology that they already have on hand or you have right. something there too? Yes. So we have, you know, it's a learning curve. We're still in the process of fine tuning and making it absolutely perfect. There have been times when in a video interview, you know, like, the light, the lamp has just fallen off on my face while I'm talking to someone. Oh, wow. We're still, you know, like it, it, was, it was very precariously placed. But, um, you know, I, I'm still not brave enough to do something live like you guys are doing. So we haven't done live content as such. I'm, I'm working towards that. Just <laughs> jump out. Just jump out Come there. On. Do it. So, do um, it. You know, it's kind of uh, a lot of the video interviews, they're all pre-recorded. So we obviously do some post-production after that. You know, there has been an interesting incident where someone was not very... Um, comfortable in English. So we said, okay, you know, let's get a translator in. So we had the translator on one computer, the person was speaking and I was on the other end. So it was like, and we were in three different countries. So, you know, these are ways that we're trying to kind of overcome this, but the person was so, I felt like he just came alive because he got the freedom to say what he wanted to say in the language that he was most comfortable in. Um, that is another thing I, I, I don't think English has to be the language, you know, we assume that everyone knows English and everyone wants to communicate in English and you have to be so good at it, you know, your grammar and all. It's not, sometimes it's so beautiful to listen to someone talk about their thoughts and ideas in a language that they're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So we had someone, an intern who spoke the same language and she translated for us. Um, she was in Brazil, he was somewhere else, I was in New York. It was amazing. It was really good. Wow. So hopefully that, that video is going to come out soon. So we've tried to kind of, you know, with baby steps, overcome some of these digital challenges, uh, which will, like you said, the world is going to be a hybrid place. So I need to, I need to up my game on that. That's all right. That's <laughs> really cool. Wow, thank you. So, so what, what message do you have for our followers on why they should support these uh, independent artisans? You know, I feel like, 
independent artisans never get an opportunity to they sacrifice a lot because they are going against the route of mass production that is a big 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 risk you know there are these huge um e-commerce websites where people are offering 5000 products and 10000 products and you know you can just order you know in bulk and you get like the, this amazing pricing because it's in bulk these are people who are struggling to make you know they're taking their time to make 10 pieces you know and i want people who buy that or who appreciate that to know the time and the effort i think that makes the creation even more special you know because they have not fallen prey to this madness of just just finishing it off and moving on to like the next trendy thing to do um so i think it's important for people to understand why it's um you know it is they um create something special because you know being an artisan stands for loving art and creativity and the process um focusing on taking the time to do it not being in a rush and you know not being an anonymous figure in the back it, it you need to i want people to know that this is the person who made it he has so much he has learned it from like seven generations ago mm-hmm. this is his story and i also want the artisan to have that pride amongst themselves that i made this and i am proud of it so to kind of make that connection it's important as we're going you know moving towards a sustainable world where people do want to know where they got their what where they got their product from um it is important to give them this encouragement because if we don't they're just going to lose steam you know they're just going to look for a job that will help them you know pay the rent and that's really sad because i feel like the thing that people forget is during the pandemic we survived because we had music to listen to we had stories to watch we had books to read this is all stuff made by artisans and artists you know it's we were not watching an engineer build a brick you know like build a brick wall we were, you know we were well, 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 well no i i did do that <laughs> I'm, I'm um, yeah, once, once or twice i did I, other than ten yeah, yeah yeah no, I, thought, but, i think it's pretty you know, amazing we, to watch we've them survived this phase because of artists in many, in many many ways so we should i think put our weight behind them for people that you 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 know kind of feel strongly about this doesn't mean you go out and like support anyone and everyone it has to be that's why my platform i aim to connect you to the right kind of person there's a painting that you like which i may not like but if you develop um kind of a, a collaborative process with the person who painted it what a wonderful relationship that is you know because what you get is a painting for and you know the person who made that for you so it's mm. extra special both ways so mm. why not pause and take the time and appreciate the 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 effort that they've taken instead of kind of being trigger happy and just being like oh you know it's going to be shipped in 40 hours let me just get it it's no, okay no. to wait it's okay to wait for the good stuff in life and i could and i could also see like a sense of pride that you'd have of having a painting or some other piece yes. of artwork that someone in some other part of the world has yes specifically for you this exactly because you know that person has tapped into something that exists within you mm. and that has happened only because you both took the time to mm. talk to each other or to communicate with each other about what you both were and you know artists are amazing because that's what they do they take what you are and they bring it out in in a way that you never thought um 
it's impossible to do that when you say i need this in 48 hours it's all gone it's disappeared yep. they don't have the time to think the other good thing about that is you don't have to worry about any of your friends having it at their house that's true that's true too that's right, right. True. they come over your house like where'd you get that huh yes yeah. that's only for me that's only <laughs> that's for right. me. you will never find this <laughs> so true so true that's right so so what, what's next on the horizon for you you know it's i you know i'm i was i was thinking about that the other the other day and you know to be honest eric i've not made any plans hmm. i think i've discovered that not making plans has actually helped me discover a lot more um the pandemic was the biggest thing that shattered all my plans and i think you know the lesson learned is just keep moving ahead keep the messaging clear what is my platform what am i trying to do and you know different ways will will come out of it so i don't have a very good answer for that i i don't have anything i don't have like a five year plan or a 10 year plan and it's funny i say this because i remember at an interview that i had given after my after i got my mba that was the question that was always asked what is your five year plan once you join this company and i was like oh my god like the, because you know when everyone asks you the same question you just end up saying the same thing that everyone else does oh i want to be a partner i want to be a managing director i want to be this i want to be that uh so you know when i started this i was like no five year plans no no 10 year plans we'll just we'll just go along with it you like if you if you tell them, yeah i'm coming to get your job that that's that that's what i'm going to do they want to yes. ask that question again yes i would not i'm not going to take five years to do it so I might have started my Let's Curate platform a lot earlier because no one had, would have given me a job. They would have just been like, "Get out that's of there!" Right, that's right. That's right. That's right. Definitely. Oh my god! All right. So, so now we're about to go around the horn, and this is Ted's favorite part of the show. By the Who way, is it? oh yeah, he loves this part. <laughs> I cannot. Um, no, I do not like this part of, <laughs> of the show. I wish we would just stop doing this part. Maybe we just. Like, <laughs> The guests give their final take, but then I have to always find. Let's just end with the guests. Let the guests. <laughs> no, no, Ted has to try to come up with something to follow the guests. Oh God, no! Like, like. So, so this is the part of the show, everybody, where <laughs> we each, all three of us, right, right, we give a closing thought, just kind of based off of the theme. Uh, what we've been talking about, and we'll start with our guest of honor, uh, Megna. What, what is your closing thought for Around the Horn? You know, I think the biggest learning for me in the past two years—I mean, I, I'm just saying past two years—but I think it's always it's been more than that—is that you can always pivot, you can always change the rules. Um, don't box yourself in. because when you box yourself in you're limiting yourself break the box and step out is what i would say because every time i've pivoted i've you know that pivot has caused a lot of it's an extreme emotion you know and it's it's an adventure and then you know you kind of get addicted to that because you're like oh i pivoted and i learned this i also failed at the other thing but you know you always remember the learning you always remember the big learning curve jump that you made when you decided to just be like oh i'm not going to do this i'm just going i can't show my products in person i'm going to pivot and just show it digitally i'll just do it virtually huge huge thing if i had said oh my god my life is over 
let me just shut shop and you know let's just wait for the pandemic to end which you know you are tempted when when it's tough and there's no money coming in and you know you've promised all these things to people and it's all like just poof gone um it is difficult to do that but over time i've realized that every time i have felt myself boxed in is when i've realized that now is the time you know i'm on the cusp of actually learning something amazing so let me just like jump out and do what's kind of like in my mind at that point because there is always one strong thought even when you're feeling helpless or you're feeling stuck there is a thought and i think if you follow that trail of that thought it could lead you to something it may not always lead you to something amazing but at least you're out of the corner so don't be afraid to don't be afraid to change track there is no there is no one track for everyone everyone has to make their own you know you have to create your own journey um i you know and every morning i wake up and i say that to myself because i now feel the the joy and the happiness when i say that to me i feel pride within myself knowing that i pivoted when i you know when i didn't have any other options and it worked out great for me it gives me courage for the time when in future i may pivot and may fail um but so far whatever i've tried i've hustled and i've made it work somehow so you know don't put blinders on just just keep an open mind no i think that's great advice great advice Thanks. all right Ted. and i'm and i'm supposed to follow that um, am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> so, you know, I think the point, the point, one of the points that you made earlier was just kind of enjoy the journey. You know, I think that's just the key thing is just enjoy the journey, enjoy the ups and downs and, you know, the, the different twists and turns and whatever it is that you're, that you're doing, enjoy the journey. And again, a friend said to me one time before, I said, you know, everyone's journey is not your journey. Right. Right. So because they get there in a year or two years, or like the, you know, the young lady you said that was an author at an early age or whatever, I mean, you know, who knows, right? But just your journey is is your journey and just enjoy it, enjoy it and maximize it. And I also like the whole thing about just, you know, just not being so much in a box. Just kind of going with it, just allowing just, you know, yourself to be you know, creative and innovative. And I just think that if you do that and you be your authentic self, you'll, you know, you'll you'll have you'll have success, right? You'll have success and 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 what success to someone else is not necessarily exactly success. Exactly. That is so true. Yeah. Someone else will look at you and think, man, you've done so much. You know, like, well, I just haven't even scratched the surface yet. Right. Or someone else will be like, man, you haven't done anything. Right. Exactly. And someone else that those uh, individuals that are in those other parts of the country, they're probably very proud of what they've done, even though, you know, to our standards, you know, they may not be making a lot of money, but to mm -hmm. their standards, they're very proud. They go every day and set up shop and, you know, with every, you know, they probably have some of the greatest customer service ever. Exactly. Yeah, so so, yeah but thank you so much for that. No, that's great. Great points, Ted. Well, I'm always put in this situation that I gotta just figure out something. I'm going after these amazing guests. I gotta be. I just can't come up. Every now and then, you'll let me slide with, "Yeah, you know, Ditto." Like I, get, I, like, I like out of a hundred some episodes, I think you've let me do that like twice. Right? I know. 
So I have to spread those out. Sometimes. Okay. But, but Ted, Ted says he doesn't like it, but he always says something profound. So okay, well, that, that was that was beyond profound. I was like nodding my head with every everything that he was saying. But but here's the catch to that: if you ask me to say it again, <laughs> good luck that's with that. That's what makes that's what makes it amazing. You oh, know, the, the, so, that's right. Golden words. Thank you. So, so my around the horn has to do with you said something about you you realized this was a now or never time. Mm -hmm. This is a now or never moment. I just want to talk about that really quick mm -hmm. because I, I think I've during my journey I've encountered some of those now or never moments. So I try to like like I project this person, like I call them 90-year-old Eric. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I think so. Sometimes if I have a decision to make, I, I try to project to 90-year-old Eric and I ask him. What would he have to say about this decision? Mm -hmm. Well, what would 90 year old Eric advise me to do? And the, you know, you can think of the now or never moment as a risk, mm -hmm. but I think it's riskier to look back and think mm -hmm. of what might have happened. Right. Right. That, so I think you just really have to pay close attention to those now or never moments. And, and it's not, to me, it's not about, just jumping out of the out there and not having a plan. It's when you know within yourself that now is the time that this is the door. Is, the door is not going to stay open forever. This wow. is the door I have to go through right now. Wow! To get to that next place. I so like that. I like yeah. the thought of the ninety-year-old Eric. That seems like he'd be a fun guy to like talk to <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> I I don't even need a guess. <laughs> I'm just going to talk. <laughs> what time does the podcast start? <laughs> It's going to start when I'm ready to start it. <laughs> oh, God. One day it's at 7, another day it's at 12, right. 2 o'clock. You just be going live. Just say, yo, God, time of the day. Where is that Ted? I don't know. <laughs> you know what time the show starts. Oh, man. That is funny. You never sent me the link. You never sent me the link. Send me the link. Yeah. I don't know how to work this mouse anyway. <laughs> but but think about it though. If you project yourself as an older person, you know, and, and think about okay, what would they tell you? To, they would tell you to take the chance. Yeah, yeah. And go for it. You know, so that, that that's how we. I think that's a good way to uh, approach those now and never moments. And, and maybe we definitely were thankful mm. uh, that you took the now or never moment and you made. Yeah. The right decision. It was interesting about your stories. You, you went. You you're going against everything you were taught. Yes, that's true. You're going against that's all true. your training. That is that's so it. true. There's that's there's it. nothing that I prepared for academically that's yeah. got any connection with. I'm sure there's you know things that you derive as you you know there are there are skills that you pick up in the corporate world that you apply, but there is no you know those are like the subtle things, but there is no clear connection. And you know that's that's great. So, you know, I feel like people should just also, you know, not try to always connect the dots. You don't have to always, everything doesn't have to be, you connect the dots and then this is the picture. You could just like stop doing the dots thing. You could just move on to something else. Later for, later for those dots. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so how can people connect with you? How can they connect with Let's Curate and support these artisans? What's the best way for them to do that? So a couple of, you know, simple ways. The website is letscurate.com, L-E-T-S-C-U-R-A-T-E. Um, we uh, also, so we, 
mine is a very small team it's just me and three other people so we respond to each and every person who uh, reaches out to us so the other best way to do is through emailing us at letscurateinfo@gmail.com and of course instagram which is let's_curate um any of these um ping us through any of these avenues and we will be sure to get back to you like i said we do not ever you know turn people away um we always make sure that we you know do respond you know one of my pet peeves when i was working in the corporate world is when people have websites and they're like you know contact us and there's like that message form no one is reading that and that just annoy me so much because i was like why do you even have that like what is the purpose of that page so when i kick started this you know when i was talking to the person i was like that is the one thing i'm not going to do i i will have someone talk to you know because you know sometimes it takes a lot for people to reach out and send an email and say i am so and so and i you know it's it's not easy for everyone um so you know if you you could be instrumental in discovering something it would be my loss if i didn't you know connect with someone who maybe took a big step in writing to me and i never wrote back and then that person maybe said you know what she you know she doesn't really care why do i even do this and just not you know i would it would be my loss so i always think of every new email or every new um you know person who reaches out as an opportunity for myself to discover mm-hmm. something amazing or to show my audience something amazing You're so nice. You're just so nice. <laughs> I try. I just I just if it was in the pandemic, yeah. I just thought like I could just hug you. You're just so nice. I wow. not wow. on the pandemic. I'm going to make sure that I reach out on Let's Curate. Please and look, do. And and don't have me sit now. They don't let me be the one that you didn't respond. I know. <laughs> I better be I better be careful. Like, like I reached out to you like 7 months ago. <laughs> It's Ted from the show. <laughs> Eric's Eric's friend. Oh, Eric's friend. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh my god. That would be something. I would be like, "Oh, it's Ted. It's okay. I don't need to respond to it." That's right, right. He understands. I'm busy. Yeah, you wait. Oh my god. That is so funny. Uh, we definitely want to thank our guest Magna Gurida um, for joining us and sharing what she shared and bringing such a unique concept that We need to take advantage of what we'll definitely have the links in the show notes for people can take advantage and support these uh, artists and support your efforts as well. Um uh, again, like we said at the top, our goal is to help you to laugh, learn and level up. If you feel like we did that for you, make sure you share the show. Share the show. You're not just sharing the show, you're sharing let's curate Yes, right. Her message out there. Thank you so well, much for that. It, yeah, and those people that are out there in these other parts of the country, you know, there's people that need to know about that, <laughs> and they'll find out from the show. So share the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and don't forget now you can in addition to the usual channels, you know, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, you can also catch us on Twitch. Look at there. That's right. <laughs> Look at there on Twitch. That's right. You can catch us on Twitch. You know, later this will this will be uh, recorded and edited, and we'll actually take it to iTunes and Spotify and anywhere else you like your podcast. Told you, I still got some friends. And man, I didn't even know you had a podcast. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Why did you say something? <laughs> Come on. 
you think I just keep posting this stuff about the podcast <laughs> on all these platforms? I emailed you. I told your mom. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a podcast. Uh, We're on Twitch now. <laughs> we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Anywhere you look, you'll find us. Again, thank you for watching us. Again, thank you to our guest. Make sure you go to Let's Curate. Thank and you. Pick up, uh, one of her pieces. Like I said, the links will be in the short show notes. And this will be all around the world, Ted. When everybody shares this episode, this will be all over the world. Around the world. Mm. Well, this has been a great show. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Have a great day.